and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where we are previewing the All Blacks final encounter as part of the Rugby Championship against South Africa this weekend on the Gold Coast on Saturday night. And joining me this week is a former teammate of mine um, and a guy that you need to keep an eye on in the music scene, that being the brother Donnell Anai. Uh, first off, Kaz, very grateful for your time and what's doing? Yeah, kia ora Kingy, bro. Thanks for having me on here today. Uh, not a lot, man, just... A little bit here, a little bit there. Looking forward to talking a bit of code and seeing how valuable my two cents are today. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll crack on with that. Yeah, bro, I'm looking forward to it. I've actually been looking forward to it all week, man. I know I hit you up a couple of weeks ago to get you on. You know, we mm. go way back in terms of being brothers from Avalon and yeah. we've each sort of going our, our separate ways. Like I said, you're doing the, the music mahi and I'm trying to give this rugby commentary thing a crack. But moreover to why I got you on the show, though, uh, the All Blacks this weekend coming off a ugly win to say the least last weekend i mean that was arguably like one of the worst games of rugby i've ever seen given the caliber of players that were on the field and the fact that it took the all blacks up until the 77th minute to win that game when i for one thought they could have won it a lot earlier had they gone about scoreboard pressure um I guess that just that's just me summarizing my my thoughts on the game. What did you take away from last Saturday? Yeah, bro, I feel the same way. Yeah, it was one of those ones where uh, I think you might have said it as well. I don't know if I was happy that we won because we won, or if I was just happy that South Africa didn't win with that tactic. You know, a bit frustrating to see the stop start and lack of rhythm than we're used to seeing in the AB's game. But I mean, yeah, wins a win. We'll take it. You know, there's been a bit of pressure putting on this game of, you know, playing the world champs for the first time since they were crowned champs. So it was always a bit of pressure going in. Didn't really live up to it, but hey, we won. Yeah, I mean, like the, the 24 turnovers that they had was just so unlike the All Blacks or what we'd seen, especially in the last couple of weeks. I thought they'd been building quite nicely off the back of what was, you know, a touch and go start, you know, with those first up tests against the Pacific Island nations and then rolling into the Bledisloe Cup, I thought they started to find their feet, especially in that second test match. And then took a slight dip with that second Argentinian game because they ran a whole lot of changes through the team. Yeah, so that was sort of to be expected. And then going into this clash when they played as close to a 1A team as they could, I don't know. I just thought that with the combinations that had been building, we were in for a more polished performance from the All Blacks. I mean, I didn't expect them to run away with the game like they had against the other two opponents, but given what the Australians had done to them and, yeah, like I said, given how hot some of the All Blacks' play was, yeah, I just ex- I expected a less error-ridden performance. And, I mean, like the, like we said, or like you touched on, the South Africans' tactics um, to play so negatively right up until the 80th minute didn't help, but there were a number of opportunities that I thought that the All Blacks blew or there were a number of times where I think that the All Blacks could have put more of the pressure on South Africa, but chose to play right into their hands, um, i.e. the line-out, um, which resulted in it being, like I said, one of the ugliest games of rugby that I've seen from an All Black side. But again, they've got a, or they've had the week to, I guess, right last week's wrongs, and hopefully we see a better spectacle 
this weekend. Um, but in terms of their lineup, they've got four new faces in the starters jumpers. That being Severi Reese comes onto the right wing. Antolina Brown comes back from his hamstring niggle. He's in at 13, which pushes Rico Ewani to the left wing. Brad Wim was at that halfback and Luke Jacobson, who was a late scratch last week with a tummy bug. Um, he gets his chance in the eight jersey with Adi Sevier and Akira Iwani. Asafo Moore also comes onto the bench for Samasoni Takiaho. George Bauer comes in for Kyle Tuanakuafe. And Richie Mwanga, fresh off his two weeks in quarantine, takes a place on the bench alongside Damian McKenzie and TJ Pedernada. Now, I touched on last week with my mate Mitchell that I thought that this week was an opportunity for the All Blacks, that I thought they could have ran, you know, ran through their depth a lot more than what people would expect them to. Um, I know there's been a bit of talk this week about doing the whole Grand Slam and not losing a game in the Rugby Championship. But for me, you know, given we've locked up all the trophies that we can get our hands on against these opponents, I thought this was a prime opportunity to give guys who perhaps wouldn't have got as much of a burn against a top side like the South Africans, you know, the world champs, so to speak, ahead of what will be tough tests over in Europe. But I don't know, there's just something about playing the South Africans that I think you don't get a real grip of until you're on the park, you know, having them run at you and having to run at them. So are you happy with the team that was picked and would you have liked to have seen any more changes? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with with the picks and obviously bringing in Antonina Brown, who's, you know, he's a safe option and I'm sure we'll touch on the whole number 13 kind of debate later on. But I think with how the game went last week, I don't know if it'll affect the coaches' decisions for this week, but it not being the most convincing of wins, I don't know if that maybe plays a part into them not wanting to go away and try and, you know, let loose a bit because it wasn't as convincing of a win. Maybe they want to knuckle down and get another solid performance, maybe to finish the rugby championship off that way. Um, I know, obviously, we've got games like USA and Italy coming up, which are kind of more minnow teams that normally you'll see the different combinations and the other players getting a bit more game time. So I think maybe they'll use that to try a bit more of the depth. Obviously, not as beneficial, like you said, from playing a top side. But I think, I guess, a game in the All Black jersey is it's still a game, you know. It's the All Blacks. Everyone gets up for the All Blacks. And I think we learned that the week gone as well with how South Africa's been performing lately and then for them to try and drag out like that. You know, every time you play the All Blacks, you expect to get the best of another team. So I'm happy with the, the team. It's good to see more back on the bench. Actually, his class and kind of steering of the ship, I think, will play a big difference going forward. And obviously, the A-Town boys, Suffolk and Bauer, it's cool to see them on the bench as well. Anytime you see those names on the team list. We just think we were running around with them a few years ago, eh? Um, but yeah, you make a really good point there. I think that this is perhaps an opportunity for Ian Foster to make another statement, you know, off the back of, you know, he got obviously got his contract extension this year and he's done a lot better than what I thought. Yeah. What I've thought and what probably a lot of other Kiwi rugby fans thought that he would do again, I'm not completely sold because I thought that South Africa are a different beast to what we saw at the world cup. Um, yeah. if, if that makes sense but again you can only play who gets put in front of you and he's done a job um, albeit an ugly one last week and like you said maybe this is his um, or his his rationale or his thinking for this week is that he wants to go out there and really take it to the box and hopefully put on um, a better performance than what was the case last weekend but you touched on Antolina Brown at 13 and that sees George Bridge drop out of the 23 altogether to make space for one of our most informed backs and Enrico Iwani. Now, I, for one, have been quite vocal in that I like seeing him at centre. A lot of people don't. A lot yeah. of people think he plays too much like a winger when he gets chucked in that 13 position, which 
to be fair, if you go back and look at the tape, um, there's probably a valid argument for that. But you just see when he has the ball in space, like he's just a different beast to what the the players we've had in that position are since probably the likes of Ma'anonu in terms of like being a, a devastating ball carrier. Now, that's not the be-all, end-all. I know there's more to the midfield position than attack, but I don't know. Like When I look across that back line, I mean, like you're looking at someone like Will Jordan now these days who's making a case for being probably the um, scary or the one who puts the most terror in a defense's um, mind when he has the ball in hand. But I guess if, if you like the Havili and Antoinette Brown combination, which I do, I just think that you had to have Iwani on the field yeah, I mean, I like Anton Leonard-Brown as a centre. I think, well, not my biggest issue, but I think that having a centre like Anton Leonard-Brown works when you've got a bit of X-factor and kind of devastating ball carrier at second five. Mm, I think having two here. players that are like all-safe players in the midfield, I'm not saying that it can't worry, but traditionally we've always said, you know, with Ma'a and Conrad and the Tana Umanga and Conrad, you know, or Aaron Major, we've always had someone in the midfield who can break the game apart. So um, having a player like that in the midfield, I think, is much more valuable than having the two kind of ball players. I think you need someone that can break the line and is a threat at any moment. Obviously, Rico's young. I mean, he's our age. And we saw it with Ma, we saw Tana, you know. Some players, you've got to go through the growing pains to reap the rewards later on. And I yeah. think chopping and changing a lot is going to kind of stunt that. And I think that we're being two years away from the next World Cup, I think it would probably be good probably for those guys as well to know who's going to be the 13 or who they want to go through the growing pains with. And I think, for me personally, I, I follow your sentiment there. I think it should be Rico. Mm. I think just, yes, that the speed and the kind of... He's, he's like, like you said, with Will Jordan, he's the only other player on the field that you think at any moment, you know, whether it's the first minute, the 79th minute, that can just make a break and no one's going to catch him. And I think that the All Blacks need someone in the midfield and another person to balance that out. Maybe like an Anton Leonard-Brown or whoever it is, Havili, just someone that can kind of steer the ship or do the do the fundamentals right, like a Conrad Smith. And then someone that can break the game open. I think there's a lot of value in that. Especially with someone like Richie Moanga who can unlock the back line, no matter who's outside him, you know. You can put anyone outside him and he'll get them going. I think someone like that, like Rico at 13, going forward, would be my best, would be my my option yeah but i couldn't have put that any better myself um and i mean i've been again quite vocal about perhaps trying to incorporate the wingers perhaps a lot more off set piece and with a lot of backline moves i know they have them leaping out the back and i know geordie barrett especially is the guy that gets hit on a lot of those back balls and is then the decision maker from there so i mean just because you have rico on the wing doesn't mean that he can't get involved with the play True. but I don't know, like when you've got someone like Sevu Reese, who for me hadn't put a foot wrong in the All Blacks jersey, drop out of the team like the last month to be given what was meant to be rest and then miss out on a big game like last week. You know, I understand them going for the whole hype thing, but yeah. George Bridge didn't have a very good game. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, one bad game paints a picture of what a player's like full stop, but. I don't know. It's just, it's an unfor- it's a good headache, but it's an unfortunate headache to have so many great players at your disposal when you come up in these big games because like we saw a couple of mistakes, like George Bridges when he dropped that ball and let that try in, that can be the make or break of a game. And then yeah. say the All Blacks lose, then the questions are going to be asked as to whether or not George Bridge was the right guy to pick for that game. Uh, when yeah. you have like a red-hot Severus who had scored like... <laughs> 
four tries in four games or four tries in his last four starts, something stupid like that. So, yeah, a nice little run there. Um, moving on, um, Bowden Barrett again gets another shot in the 10 jersey. I know there was a little bit of talk about whether or not Richie Moonga would have enough time up his hands to get back the position that he'd occupied before going on daddy duties. And I, for one, think that it's Moonga's jersey. You know, once we head over to the Northern Hemisphere, I feel like he's earned that off the back of his great Super Rugby form and even the way that he played earlier in the year. So what do you think about the future of Bowden Barrett? Is he just destined to be the guy that he was before he took over from Carter, being that really great impact player off the bench? Um, because that that I don't see any other scenario where he fits in because I feel like, especially in that 10 jersey, you just need time in the saddle. And like if they're going to be chopping and changing them or if Ian Foster still hasn't made up his mind, at least in the public eye, then I'm not sure what that does for the team. Obviously, I'm not in those environments and would have no idea what it's like. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's just me throwing my two cents in. What about you? Yeah, similar to the point I made with the Rico and Leonard Brown, I think that now's the time to really start cementing who those players are. In the past, you know, going into World Cups, we've kind of known who the, the concrete were, and there were always those bolters around the year that would pop up, you know, and like, you know, you're like your Nehemiah Scudders, you're with your back in the day, you know, having an on-form season. But to answer your question, yeah, I think, might call me biased, but I think, yeah, Moanga is probably the best 10 on planet Earth right now. So that's only right that he should play 10, you know, and Bowden Barrett, as, you know, devastating as he is with ball in hand and uh, whether, you know, is he a first five, is he a fullback? I think doesn't really matter as long as he's on the field, when the game finishes, it's kind of, I think, I, I think I might've heard the um, the commentators were kind of touching on that during the game was that the way that you work your bench and your subs now has become much more of a, a second chess game within the game itself, not necessarily starting your best players, but who do you want to finish the last, you know, who do you want to finish the game with? And someone like Bowden Barrett, you know, when with the last 20 minutes, when everyone's tired that you can inject that pace, I think, me personally, being a couch coach, I think that's probably a better role for him because I think he's probably still, still probably third on the pecking order at fullback as well, and he's behind Moanga on 10. So, yeah, Moanga's got to be the 10. Uh, I think it's a good, it's, a, it's probably a blessing for us. You know, it's such a great issue to have two world-class first fights, you know. A lot of countries, you know, given I'm in a league to have at least one of those guys or even some of the guys lower on the pecking order. So, yeah, to answer the question, it's 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 got to be Moanga in the ten jersey when in the games that matter. Mate, you're doing a far better job of expressing <laughs> your opinions <laughs> than me, mate. And I'm and I'm meant to be the host. I'm meant to be the one running the cutter. Maybe I'm um maybe I'm the Bowden Barrett and you're Richie Moanga. Uh, oh, no, but no. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, it's of course like Bowden Barrett's ego is going to take a bit of a hit from this. But like you said, the impact that the bench has in the game today um, can't be understated. And it just, yeah. yeah, I don't know, off the top of my head, I just thought about someone like a Lou Williams, bro, for anyone that's familiar with the NBA circles. Exactly. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, for much of his career didn't start, but was always on the floor when the when when the crunch time was on. And I feel like yeah. for the All Blacks going forward to have someone, like you said, who has been a former two-time World Player of the Year, to have him waiting in the wings and to then just throw them out there when everybody's tired and there's more holes opening up. That's just, yeah, yeah that just spells success, bro, to me. So, yeah, I think so. Um, 
we'll, we'll quit talking about the All Blacks um, because I feel like if we keep doing that, I'll keep getting that hate about me being too biased towards them. So <laughs> over to the South Africans, um, they've made two changes to their lineup as a whole. They've got a front rower. Now, apologies if, if I pronounce this wrong. Ox Nietzsche. I, I already feel like I bombed that, but he's coming to the starting spot at loose head uh, and Jasper Vies comes onto the bench. Now, the way that the South Africans played last week, kicking the ball away 38 times, and a number of those kicks from hand came when they were like practically inside the All Blacks 22. Yeah. Like I hadn't seen anything like that. Like I know that the, the South Africans had a typical style of play where they like to play field territory and take their threes, and they weren't perhaps quite well as known for scoring tries as the likes of the All Blacks and the Australians. But I just think that, yeah, that, that negative game plan was just on steroids last Saturday. Yeah. Like I, I, th- I thought it was worse than from what I gathered uh, or from what I watched um, in the British and Irish Lions series. I mean, to get that close to the All Blacks posts yeah. and kick the ball away, I mean, you only have to look at the 79th minute when they have the ball in hand inside the All Blacks half yeah. and the halfback chooses to put up a box kick rather than just plug away and hope for a penalty. Mm. Like, yeah, it just seems like their first thought whenever they get the ball back, because, you know, like I'm going to go, you know, off my own sort of accord here with my um, little rugby knowledge, you know, from the times that I've played, when you've busted your ass tackling and tackling and tackling, and you finally get the ball back, you don't want to kick it away. That thing's golden. You've just worked your ass off for it. Why on earth would you want to kick it away and then have to make more tackles? No one likes tackling, or at least I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, even if you do like tackling, fuck, it takes it out of you. So, yeah, I mean, obviously they're only following their coach's instructions, but do we see that same game plan run this Saturday? You'd hope not, but I've got a feeling that they will. Yeah, I think I think we'll see it in moments. Eh? I think that because it, as much as we don't like it, because it did work in certain areas, obviously they didn't win the game, but there were certain, obviously with George Bridge, um, at the back, there was a lot of, you know, dropped high balls and missed opportunities. So because it worked in some areas, I think we probably will see some of it. I probably expect a bit more. I mean, you'd hope that there'd be a bit more balance like they were back in, in the 2019 World Cup where there was a lot of boss kick, but they were capitalising, you know. I don't know how much the um, that 50-22 rule, I don't know if that has anything to do with it because it doesn't seem like they're kicking to the corner. But, yeah, on our side of halfway, they're kicking it up, they're putting it up, putting the pressure on. If we don't catch it, why would you stop? It's kind of like, you know, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Obviously, they didn't win the game. I think I think I just can't envisage the All Blacks turning the ball over 24 times again. Like that that helped the South Africans. And for me, like what you touched on right at the start when I said that I'm not sure if I'm more happy that the All Blacks won or that the South Africans lost because of the way they played. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the All Blacks played that poorly and the South Africans still didn't win, yeah, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say following on from that. And <laughs> I don't know, like a lot has been made about this weekend's game and the hope that the All Blacks can go out there and thrash the South Africans to perhaps have them throw that game plan out the window. Yeah. Um, you know, like, unfairly, you know, that's a lot of pressure to put on. Well, I know that the All Blacks won't be giving a shit about what people say in the media, but yeah, yeah the, the, there's almost some credibility to whoever wrote that because 
if the All Blacks, you know, like knock on wood, you know, they don't. But if they do lose this weekend through the the game plan that we saw last week, the South Africans will just persist with it. Like it, it yeah. might be the same game plan that we see run out in two years' time at the World Cup. You might see England doing it. You might see Wales doing it. You, you probably won't see the likes of the Australians or the French doing it, given the history that they have with their flariness. But yeah, it's you know not not to throw any more pressure on Ian Foster, but yeah, the, I feel like there is a lot weighing on this game if the South Africans do come out with the same tactics. You know, we just have to hope that the All Blacks can make right a lot of the wrongdoings from last week and unlock that South African defence because yeah, if they don't, we could be in for another snooze fest. It's, it's, sorry to cut you off there, bro, but it's like, you know, you're playing rugby away with the bro and he keeps holding triangle to do the box <laughs> kick in the 22, man. You know? <laughs> You know, that that's honestly, when I was watching the game, I was like, bro, whoever's controlling South Africa right now needs to stop pushing triangle because it's just, yeah, man. I think you're right. You, you're kind of saying, you're alluding to it, you know, it's almost like we're painting them as the villains, you know, and the All Blacks have to come and be and save the day for the betterment of rugby. But I think going forward, the All Blacks, they'll be a lot sharper, yeah. I think we'll, we'll know that they'll be a lot sharper. Uh, Sevi Reese being on one of the wings, being a bit shorter, I expect them to probably put a bit more pressure on him in the first half and put those box kicks his way. I doubt they'll kick to Geordie as much as they did last week because he was probably the only thing that was safe at the back. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah fingers crossed he puts in the same shift that he did last week um, yeah. because, yeah, like you said, Sevi Reese is a smaller guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they targeted him. And I guess the jury's still out on Rico Iwani under the high ball because we haven't seen him mm. go up against those sorts of tactics, at least from the top of my mind. But result, what are you picking for a scoreline? Me? Oh, I actually haven't thought about this. Um, obviously, all black W. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to put four tries to one. I mean, watching that game, South Africa didn't really look like scoring anything on the weekend. So, I mean, just to be nice, I'll give them one. I'm looking at about 33 to 15. I, I've put down 31-9 in my notes. Yeah, I don't see them scoring a try. I think we'll see the trading of penalties early on, but I've got the All Blacks scoring at least four tries. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and hopefully Jordy Barrett's on song with the boot. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it makes no sense, bro, because there's some weapons in that back line. You know, you got Mapupi, you got Dialende and Crossy LaRue. So it's kind of like those guys out there twiddling their thumbs, yeah, just chasing man. high bombs all day, you know? Like, it kind of seems like a waste of their talent. I mean, you know, they say Chase and those boys were chasing hard and putting a lot of pressure on, but I'm sure that their time will be so much ball in hand. So, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Bro, that's what I was saying. Like when I just talked about kicking the ball away and having to make a shitload of tackles again after already making a shitload <laughs> of tackles. Like part of being a back, you know, from all of the time that I've played rugby, like, and I'm sure you'd say the same, bro. Like I prefer playing with the ball. Mm. I don't mind tackling, but it's far more fun when you've got the ball. And if you're a winger, like I, I can't even remember the amount of times that the ball was actually put through the hands by the South Africans. <laughs> like nine yeah. times out of 10, it got to Andre Pollard and he was putting a boxer cup or it didn't even get to Andre Pollard. Fuck yeah. the clerk was just kicking it from the base. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed we don't see 38 kicks like we did last week from the South Africans. But fuck, you know, the fact that they came that close last weekend, um, 
I wouldn't hold my breath on that. But I think that's a wrap for our preview, bro. Obviously, we're going to set the hold out and hope for a bit of spectacle on Saturday. But very grateful for your time. Um, very grateful for your input. Fuck, man, this is... I should hand the show over to you, bro. You did a far better job than me. Um, but yeah, I look forward to um, linking up with you on Sunday to have a, another debrief on, again, what we hope to be a better game than what we saw last week. Yeah, nah, for real, bro. I appreciate you having me on and letting my uh, two cents leave the living room. So, uh, nah, it's, it's been fun, bro. And yeah, I hope to see... I mean, as a, as a fan, you want to see an exciting game. Fingers crossed and hope that the rugby gods have that in store for us. <laughs> Andrew, bro. All right. Peace out, man. I'll catch you then. Peace.